0: The Supreme Court ruled that a Louisiana law restricting abortion access was unconstitutional. The New England Patriots may have a new quarterback when slash if football returns. And is it time to update the American flag? We've got Megan Hatcher Mays of the organizing group Indivisible with us to talk about the latest push to make the District of Columbia the 51st state.
1: The date, June 29th, 2020.
0: The time, News O'Clock. Hey, everybody. I'm Hayes Brown.
1: And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock.
0: I got to start off with saying, fuck you, Mississippi flag and your Confederate decal dealy. Get out of here. hate you. And I'm very glad that apparently everyone else does too.
1: I looked it. I looked it up, and I was like, "How is this their flag?"
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is the eternal question. Like the oh, it's impossible to think of a worse state flag, and there's some really bad ones out there, just like really terrible ones, and not just for racist reasons. Just like Ohio's, I also hate because it's a weird like pennant shape, and I'm mad at them in general for it. But I am so glad that the House and Senate of Mississippi yesterday voted to get rid of this flag. The governor. of reluctantly said that he's going to sign the bill no idea what the new flag is going to look like i think they have to like look into what it will be at this point
1: They should. I love California's flag. We're just a bear. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's
0: so good. I'm I I do think California's up there. I think it's uh, either New Mexico, Arizona, one of those sunbelt states that's also like really choice. Mm -hmm. And never and Colorado with their fucking C. So can't you forget where you are? Just look at the flag. C Colorado. That's where I'm at. All right. As fun as that is, it's time for today's top stories. First up. Big news over the weekend, Russia reportedly offered a cash bounty to Taliban-linked militants to kill U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan, and according to U.S. intelligence, they may have succeeded. According to the New York Times and subsequent reporting from the Washington Post, that determination came after large amounts of U.S. cash were found at Taliban outposts and through interrogation of captured Afghan fighters. U.S. officials are now examining which attacks might have been linked to the plot, with at least several U.S. forces suspected to have been killed as a result. But despite the assessment from the intelligence community coming in March, the U.S. has yet to figure out an official response. To make things even more, uh, interesting question mark as the debate in the administration about how to respond was ongoing the u.s was in the middle of conducting peace talks with the taliban to allow u.s forces to withdraw from afghanistan meanwhile the president was pushing for russia to be readmitted to the g7 last night trump denied that he'd ever been briefed about the situation and claimed that the new york times had made up the whole story two the coronavirus' U.S. summer tour continues apace, prompting states to pause or roll back their reopening plans. The U.S. saw yet another record day of reported COVID-19 cases yesterday, making it five days in a row. The new record number is 40,587 across the United States. Even though three states are making up the bulk of the cases, Texas, Florida, and California, the increases are adding up across the South and Southwest. At least 11 states have paused or rolled back their plans to lift restrictions meant to stop the virus's spread. California has ordered bars to be closed back down, and in Florida, Fort Lauderdale and Miami's beaches will be off-limits for the 4th of July weekend. Vice President Mike Pence sort of acknowledged the surges this weekend when he canceled two campaign stops in Arizona and Florida. And three, the Supreme Court ruled this morning that Louisiana's limits on abortion clinics are unconstitutional. In the first major abortion case of the Trump administration, the justices decided in a 5-4 ruling to strike down a 2014 law that said abortion providers must also have admitting access at a nearby hospital. Abortion rights advocates have argued that the law would put a limit on abortion as getting admitting access is difficult and hospitals have to accept people with a medical emergency anyway. The case was similar to one decided four years ago related to a law in Texas, and that similarity is what got Chief Justice John Roberts to cast the deciding vote. In his concurring opinion, Roberts wrote that even though he disagreed with how the Texas case was decided, the law requires that similar cases be judged similarly, and since the Louisiana law, quote, provided a burden on access to abortion just as severe as the last case, it had to go.
1: Okay, yeah, we need to talk about how California just closed back down all their restaurants. I saw this hilarious tweet from uh, Twitter user Anna Klassen, who said, L.A. Mayor, we're opening bars and restaurants and gyms and hair salons. Also L.A. Mayor five minutes later. Well, don't go to them, you fucking idiots. (laughs) And it's so true. It's just I saw I was driving around. I saw people just like at bars, at these restaurants and just not practicing the rules that there are, right? And I also want to talk about the restaurants that are staying open to try and like make their business survive and feed people and the way they're being treated. So I go to this one uh, taco restaurant called Hugo's Tacos, and they just released a statement saying that they have to close down. They said, Our taco stands are exhausted by the constant conflicts over guests refusing to wear masks. Staff have been harassed, called names, and had objects and liquids thrown at them. I mean Jesus Christ! What is happening? What is wrong with these
0: people? No, don't you shouldn't be sorry, Casey. (laughs) You're not the ones throwing (laughs) objects and liquids at people for trying to keep others safe. That's so fucking stupid. I'm sorry, it just is. If pregnant if pregnant women can give birth with a mask (laughs) on,
1: you can wear it to the taco restaurant. Restaurant.
0: You can. I, I don't even get these people. They're just, uh, <laughs> is my current statement. That's my statement. You can quote me on that moving forward.
1: I will. Okay. Well, here are some stories that have been popular on the internet today. Uh, some sports news from this weekend, because I am now somehow our resident sports reporter. The New England Patriots have signed a potential new lead quarterback, former Carolina Panthers star Cam Newton. The lead quarterback position with the Pats is open after six-time Super Bowl winner Tom Brady decided to leave Boston for sunny Florida earlier this year, taking a job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it was a big surprise for most people that Brady might be replaced by Newton, who was booted from the Panthers earlier this year. The Panthers claim that Newton wanted to be released to be traded, but Newton was like, the fuck I did. The one-year deal is being seen as a win-win for Newton and the Patriots. Newton has been prone to injuries lately, but is a talented player who led his team to the Super Bowl in 2015. The Patriots, meanwhile, get to stay competitive after losing Brady and only have to pay Cam for one year if things don't work out, which, lol, I don't think the Patriots are
0: worried about money, but OK. <laughs> I mean, I'm, they might be in the future. I mean, they still have Bill Belichick as their coach, aka Darth Vader of sports with his deflate gate, et cetera. But I mean, without Brady, people work and Gronk also resigned too, uh, uh recently. He retired too recently. So people were kind of wondering, well, what are the Patriots going to? do also i gotta point out i love that the white 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 very white patriots (laughs) now might have potentially have a black star quarterback who people out there if you've not seen the outfits that cam newton wears to his press conferences google it after you finish listening to this because oh buddy is it worth it (laughs)
1: they're so good and another story i want to talk about today we're getting a new pirates of the caribbean movie this time with margot robbie taking the lead That's right, the lead. Uh, We are finally free of Johnny Depp's walking catchphrase of a character, Captain Jack Sparrow. So there's not a lot of details out yet, but the movie isn't meant to be a sequel to the previous movies. Instead, it's going to be a whole new story under the franchise name. Robbie will be reuniting on this voyage with screenwriter Christina Hodson who's been tapped to write the script. Uh, Hodson also wrote Birds of Prey, which Robbie started playing Harley Quinn. And honestly, I'm super excited um, because Hotson wrote Bumblebee, the Transformers prequel, which I'm pretty sure smashed in the box office. And she's writing The Flash and Batgirl. So it's like, she knows action. And this is, I just feel like it's going to be just one very big adventure that's just going to be wonderful. And what we like got when these stories, Pirates of the Caribbean first started, you know?
0: I... I am also like super I'm really interested to see where this goes, because I mean, the last Pirates of the Caribbean film, my fiance absolutely loved it. A lot of people did not love it. So I'm really curious to see like where they go with this like world that they built up.
1: Okay, yes, that is the right reaction. And the wrong reaction is that this movie is already being ghostbustered, which is basically uh, people are upset that it's a woman leading this movie instead of Johnny Depp now. So great.
0: Uh, I got it, I got it. I'm sorry. As we have been recording this, I got a message from my fiance. She said she wanted me to clarify. She actually hated the movie. She just liked <laughs> the mermaid. So I, for the <laughs> record, putting that out there. All right, when we come back, we've got Megan Hatcher-Mays, Director of Democracy Policy with Indivisible, talking D.C. statehood. Stay right there.
1: At It, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today
0: at shefit.com/2022.
1: I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space activist on the gender division of labor, attorney, and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health, and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're uncovering why society makes it so hard for women to treat their time with the value it deserves. So take this time out with us. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now, I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, Me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like,
2: where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected.
1: Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. There are over 700,000 residents of the District of Columbia, the roughly 10-square-mile area that houses the U.S. capital city. But because it is not officially a state, not one of them has a voting member of Congress that can make decisions for them on things like the taxes they pay or the judges who rule on their court cases. Last week, D.C. got closer than ever to changing that.
0: To talk about this latest effort for D.C. statehood, we're joined today by Megan Hatcher Mays. She's the Director of Democracy Policy with Indivisible, a grassroots political organization. Thanks for joining us, Megan.
2: Thanks so much for having me. So excited to be here.
0: Last week, the House of Representatives voted to approve the District of Columbia as a new state named Washington-Douglas Commonwealth. How big of a deal was this vote?
2: It's the biggest deal ever, for people who have been working on or paying attention to D.C. statehood. Um, This is decades and decades of advocacy, um, trying to raise awareness about how important D.C. statehood was. And it really wasn't that long ago that I think most people thought of it as a very fringe issue. So the fact that it even got as many Democratic co-sponsors as it did before it passed is a massive historic deal. And the fact that it passed the House is incredible and um, a little bit uh, surprising, But great.
1: (laughs) So it's been over 50 years since a new state was admitted. And so a lot of people don't know what the process is. So what comes next?
2: Yeah. So D.C. is following what's called the Tennessee plan. Basically, when Tennessee became a state, um, they put everything together first. They put together their constitution. They put together exactly how they wanted everything to operate in their state before they became a state. And they basically took a vote. They were able to demonstrate they had the will of the people of Tennessee to become a state. So D.C. is following basically that same blueprint. Um, We put together a constitution. Uh, The mayor put together a bunch of working groups about how we wanted our state to operate once we're admitted. So all you have to do is take your plan, your Tennessee plan or your DC plan in this case to Congress and say, okay, we have everything all set up. All you have to do is approve it. And so this was the first step in approval. Now, the next step would be that the Senate takes it up for consideration and That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen under Mitch McConnell.
0: (laughs) Just period, point blank, no way.
2: Period. He is not going to bring it up. Um, He has called D.C. statehood full-bore socialism. So enfranchising 700,000 people in the District of Columbia is um, socialist now. So he he will not bring it up. So I think the fight for Indivisibles for the rest of this year will be to get as many Democratic co-sponsors on the Senate version of the bill as possible, so that if we win back the Senate in November, we will be good to go on January 21st, 2021.
0: Senator Tom Cotton, who's a Republican from Arkansas, seemed to make a lot of people mad last week when he spoke out against the idea of D.C. statehood on the Senate floor. Yes, Wyoming is smaller than Washington by population, but it has three times as many workers in mining, logging, and construction, and 10 times as many workers in manufacturing. In other words, Wyoming is a well-rounded, working-class state. A new state of Washington would not be. Megan, how would you have responded if you were in the Senate?
2: Um, I would have said your dog whistle is super loud today, uh, Senator Cotton. It, working class is doing a lot of work in that um, statement. And I was one of the people who got mad at Tom Cotton for saying it. Basically, what he's suggesting is that there's like it's kind of like the real America versus fake America thing that we all went through in 2008, that the people who live in Wyoming are real people because they are minors or they do whatever. And D.C. are not real people because we a lot of people who live here work for the federal government or are lawyers or whatever the case may be. But really, working class, what working class is doing there is signaling that Wyoming is white. Wyoming is really, really white. And D.C. really, really isn't. We're mostly not white. So, we, you know, DC used to be called Chocolate City. It was a majority black jurisdiction for years and years and years, centuries probably, um, up until very recently. Um, so, now it's just under 50% of the people who live here are black people, but the majority of people who live here are not white. And so, when Tom Cotton says something like, well, yeah, well, Wyoming's working class, and he's what he's really saying is, we're not giving statehood to black people and people of color, and we're not giving it to people who you know, have jobs other than working class jobs, even though D.C. is also very working class. But it's he's signaling something. He's Mm. blowing on his dog whistle there when he says stuff like that.
1: There's an argument from some Republicans like President Trump that this is just a power play by Democrats to try to swing control of the Senate. Since D.C. would get two senators if they succeed. Is there any truth in that?
2: Well, you know, that's just not a reason why we either admit or don't admit a state to the mm-hmm. union. I mean, the whole reason that it just is I mean, it used to, it used to be. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that if that were the, if that were the reason, if that was a reason to deny statehood to a state, like there would not be Southern states, like the whole reason that a bunch of states very small, mostly white, like rural states in the South and elsewhere got to become states is because they wanted to hand a lot of political power to a shrinking minority of people. And that's what that was all about. So all D.C. is saying is there's actually a lot more of us than there were of those guys back in the day. So let's just balance that out. Would our senators be Democrats? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Almost uh, certainly. If they weren't Democrats, they'd be Working Families Party or they'd be DSA or whatever. Yes, they'd be very progressive senators. There's no doubt in my mind. But that's not a reason to deny the vote to 700,000 people.
0: So there's a plan that's being tossed around that says, well, if D.C. folks want votes, the territory should go back to Maryland. Is that a backup plan if we do want people to have voting rights in D.C.?
2: No, that, that's another uh, what I call like the greatest hits of bad faith, anti-D.C. statehood arguments. Um, this idea that, well, if you really want representation, you should just retrocede Into Maryland, because Maryland, um, along with Virginia, had donated some of their land to the federal government to make the federal district. Now, the only problem with that is that nobody in D.C. wants to go back to Maryland. We took a vote on this, and 86% 86 of the people who voted voted for statehood, they did not vote to retrocede into Maryland. The other, just a small minor problem, is that Nobody in Maryland wants D.C. either. So, <laughs> like, this is not a, an operable plan where somehow we just go back into Maryland. And the reason they say that is uh, or the re- reason Republicans make that argument is, is that somehow it would cause some great problem if the federal district where they do their business was surrounded by a state. But that doesn't stop being true if we go back to Maryland. You're still surrounded. Actually, you're surrounded by two states in that scenario. So it just is something that they make up as a way to have a legitimate reason to oppose D.C. statehood without having to say what's really on their mind, which is that they do not want to enfranchise Black people, people of color, and people who generally vote Democratic. And so they say, oh, you should just go back into Maryland just kind of ignoring the fact that Maryland doesn't want us and we don't want to be a part of Maryland either. So
1: what is the next step after Senate or I know you have a strong 2021 plan, but if it doesn't pass under Senate, what's what's the plan?
2: Like if we don't win back the Senate? Yes, You know, the plan is to keep fighting. People have been fighting for this for decades, for hundreds of years. You know, this first DC statehood bill is a little bit newer to the game. I think the first time it got introduced was 50 years ago, something like that. Um, So people are going to keep fighting for this. So that's not, you don't stop fighting for something just because you have the the numbers stacked against you. And um, even if we don't win back the Senate this fall, that does not mean this fight is over. This is a lot of momentum that is not going to lose steam just because, you know, for a couple of years, we don't have the numbers in the Senate.
1: Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much.
0: If you've been browsing Netflix in the last couple of weeks, you may have spotted a pretty odd-looking movie in the top 10 most-watched movie stream, a Polish film named 365 Days. And if you clicked on that film to watch it, well... I'm really fucking sorry. The short recap of the plot: a woman is kidnapped by an Italian gangster who gives her a year to fall in love with him.
1: BuzzFeed News' culture writer Sachi Cole wrote about 365 days in a piece titled The Most Popular Movie on Netflix Right Now is Basically Porn. And the review was not positive at all. In fact, none of the reviews are. The movie currently has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Thankfully, Sachi is here with us for today's edition of Rant O'Clock. Hi, Sachi. How are you? Good. Okay, so we're going to give you a solid minute and a half to let it all out. Tell us what's wrong with this movie and why you found it so disturbing. Ready? I'm always ready first of all. <laughs> I
3: don't care for the presumption that I'm not ready to be mad. We will
1: we will <laughs> never presume that again. Thank you.
3: <laughs> okay, on your mark, get set, go. I I kind of admire the audacity of this movie because it is it's so bad but it still wants to pretend like it's anything other than 2 hours of like raw dog boneyarding between two adults. I'm going to put that in quotes because I don't really know what they are. I'm not completely sure that they are human. Um, And then there's a lot of uh, rapey undertones, I would say, and then rapey overtones, actually, because I think if you kidnap a woman and tell her that she has to live in your giant mansion where you have a portrait of her painted from years prior when you maybe ran into her when your father was killed during a drug deal i don't really know what that was uh one might assume that she would feel like she was in a compromised position and would have to for example watch you receive oral sex from a sex worker that you bring in to quote show her what she's missing it's so bad i've seen it twice
0: wow twice
1: okay so correct me if i'm wrong it's not a like it's so bad it's good it's a it's so bad it's bad don't watch it kind of scenario right
3: Well, I mean, if, if for some reason you have some barriers in your life stopping you from typing pornhub.com into your browser, then I encourage anybody to watch it. Do I think that the people watching it are sexually active adults with access to high quality pornography? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably teenagers who uh, are on their parents' Netflix account. And when their parents go to bed, they are just, just fucking mashing their meat to,
0: uh, oh, to that's a movie. terrible descriptor. Well, but,
3: did, did so,
1: I ask to come on your show? No, you called me <laughs> and you know what you're gonna get. So, that's true. So, so I did. I did read like a pretty intense recap of this, and it kind of seems like it, this I- isn't even something you should be going to for porn because I've been seeing a lot of trigger warnings too, like the, what the situations you're describing, like r- rape.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I think the first at least the first half of the movie is like so bizarrely rapey and also really slut shamey. There's a lot of stuff around if, you know, this woman wears a certain outfit, then her kidnapper boyfriend would go up to her and be like, you're causing trouble. Now I have to fight people for your honor. Cause your butt's out or whatever, you know, that's really confusing. He bursts in on her while she's trying on lingerie at one point at a store because there are four makeover scenes in this movie there are four there are four pretty women makeover (laughs) scenes in this movie this girl is constantly going to this is what's also odd for a kidnapping victim she is buying a lot of clothing in public like it's not right like no
0: one looking for her yeah that's what i can figure
3: out it didn't really i Uh, guess they kind of uh, offer you the presumption that this guy like owns the police so nobody's gonna do anything i don't know it still seems kind of fishy
0: so so question then Given how terrible it is, uh, despite the fact that they seem to be making sequels, does Netflix have any sort of, I don't know, uh, responsibility to either put a trigger warning on this thing or keep it out of the algorithm for top recommended movies?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they will do the latter because I don't think that they actually care. And I think the algorithm functions as it it functions, which is as a robot. So the algorithm doesn't care whether or not a movie is good or not. And it doesn't care whether or not a movie sort of has these sexual assault tones in it doesn't matter with the former. Yeah, they probably should. I think it would be nice for some people to know. Cause I don't think you get that from just looking at the, uh, the trailer or from reading the description. You have no idea what you're about to get into, but I mean, if Netflix is going to start making warnings on content, they can start with like 13 reasons why, or a million other things that they have on their programming. That is sincere. I at least think with this movie, it's kind of clear it's garbage. Like it's such, it's so overtly goofy and bad. And from what I've seen on TikTok, from like younger people who are super impressionable with this kind of content, they know this is bullshit. They're watching it. Cause, cause they kind of, you know, you want to watch like two people fuck on a boat. All right. Well, I don't begrudge anybody that in that scene, they both seemed very into it. I encourage all consenting adults to fuck each other on a boat Please do it away from me. I do not like water (laughs) or people. But, um, you know, there's way worse things on Netflix that I think young people are going to be affected by negatively.
0: (sighs) Sachi, thank you so much for explaining this to us and making sure that we don't have to watch this movie. We really appreciate it.
1: That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for what we're hoping will be our best episode ever. No particular reason. I just like being the best.
0: And remember, wearing a mask is cool. Spider-Man wears a mask. You like Spider-Man.
1: Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And
0: please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Hi, I'm Randy and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and
1: donated millions of pairs.
0: To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort.
1: We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way.
0: It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them.
1: Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's bomba dot slash comfy.
0: you actually don't
2: give us your attention we need everything you got fast waiting on reparations we be the illest podcast
1: tune in every thursday politics and wordplay we fight for the people because they got us in the worst way
2: from the hill to brazil bombay to kanye
1: from the left enclave
3: to what the neocons say
2: every thursday cop the heady conversation and, and
3: break us off with some bread because we waiting on, on reparations, reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.